Good morning, I'm Pastor Dan from Life Church. Today we're continuing in our message series, Jesus in Action, from the book of Mark. Now in this series, we're focusing on Jesus' actions and the miracles that he performed. The things that Jesus did in his ministry while here on earth are the very same things that he continues to do today through his spirit and his people. Today our message is entitled, Set Free. And what does it mean to be free or to have freedom? Well, the dictionary defines freedom as liberation from slavery or from the power of another. Liberation from slavery or from the power of another. And the Bible teaches us that everyone is in bondage and needs to be set free. Jesus told us in John 8:34, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And since everyone is a sinner by nature, the Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Since everyone practices sin, therefore everyone, before they're saved, is a slave to sin. They do not have freedom. They are in slavery to their sin, whether they know it or not. But Jesus tells us the good news in John 8, 36. He says, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And so Jesus came to set people free in every dimension. Jesus came that we might live our lives in total freedom, that we would no longer be a slave to sin, but that we would be slaves to God. So fundamentally, every person is either a slave to sin or a slave to God. And of course, who is behind sin? Well, Jesus speaks to the unbelieving Jews in John 8, 44. and says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. And so the devil or Satan is behind the sin that people are enslaved to. And so everyone, therefore, is serving either Satan or God. And true freedom, the freedom that God created you to live in, comes only in serving God. Now, God created us in the image of God, that our lives might reflect his character in freedom. On the other hand, Satan seeks to destroy the image of God in people and reduce them to acting basically as animals or beasts in their sin. Sin leads a person in a downward spiral into increasing bondage to all kinds of sin. Sin repeated leads to sinful habits, to bondages and addictions. And these bondages descend into violence, destruction, and death. When a person experiences physical death without a relationship with Jesus Christ, they enter into eternal death, a permanent state of eternal torment with the devil and his demons in hell from which there is no escape. But the good news is that Jesus came to, to give us hope and to break that downward spiral. Hebrews 2.14 says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, that is Jesus, Likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. And so Jesus died physically on the cross, as we're all going to do one day, unless Jesus returns. He died physically and paid the penalty for our sins so that he might destroy the devil and his power over people. And so Jesus broke the power of sin over people's lives. He rose from the dead, never to die again. And Jesus now, therefore, can deliver every person who believes in him from the fear of death into the hope of eternal life. 
And that is a life of freedom that God created us to live. And so what should be our response? Well, since Jesus has the power to set us free, we must seek him to live in that freedom. Today we're going to turn to Mark chapter 5 to learn three things that Jesus came to set us free from. First of all, he came so that we might be free from demons. Story begins in Mark chapter 5 verse 2. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Now last Sunday, we talked about Jesus calming a furious storm with a simple command in Mark chapter 4. And now in this fifth chapter of Mark, Jesus and his disciples survive the storm, get to the other side of the Sea of Galilee as Jesus had commanded. And the minute that they landed on the beach, they were confronted with a strange, unusual sight. They encountered a man with an unclean spirit or a demon. And that means that the man was under the control or enslaved by this demon, or it was demons, as we're going to see. And so we begin to see what the power of the demons had done to the man. He no longer lived with other people. He lived by himself. And not only did he live alone, he lived in the place of the dead, in the caves on the shoreline where dead bodies were entombed. And so the unclean spirit made him live in an unclean place. The demons also gave the man supernatural strength so he could not be controlled by any ropes or chains. He would break them all. We learn more about him in verse 5. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And so this man was in torment from the demons. He was crying out in pain and anguish throughout the day and night. He was hurting himself by cutting himself with these stones. Why? Well, because he loathed his, his present condition. And the demons wanted to destroy him and ultimately take his life. As we read the entire story, we see Jesus was commanding the demons to come out of the man when the demons spoke. He said his name was Legion. He said, for we are many. Now, a legion in the Roman army consisted of 6,000 soldiers. And as we're going to see, there were literally thousands of demons enslaving this man. The demons requested permission from Jesus to leave the man and go into a nearby herd of pigs. Verse 13, so he, that is Jesus, gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. And so the demons left this man, entered into the pigs, they proceeded to stampede off a cliff and were drowned in the sea. Now the demons being spirits, they were not destroyed, they were not drowned, but they went about seeking other people to enslave. Now, obviously, the pig owners were not happy with the loss of their pigs, and they told many in the town about what happened. And these people, it says in verse 15, came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And so everyone in town undoubtedly knew the demonized man. They warned their children not to go near where he was and the transformation of his life was miraculous. He was clothed. He was in his right mind. He was conversing with Jesus. And they were afraid of the power of Jesus. They didn't want to lose any more pigs. And so they asked him to leave their region. 
The man who had been set free from the demons wanted to follow Jesus, and he asked him if he could. Jesus said in verse 19, he did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. And so Jesus instructed this man whose life had been miraculous changed. He'd been set free to tell others what the Lord had done for him, how he'd been set free from bondage to these demons after many years. And so we see in this case the power of Jesus to set a man free from an extreme case of demonic possession. The cause of this man's mental illness, as we might call it today, was demonic. And the results were self-destructive behavior, in effect causing this man to be living not as a human being, but as a wild animal. Now there are just as many demons active in our world today as there were in Jesus' time. And yet, most do not believe in them, but they are very real, just as angels are very real. And as we've already said, neither demons nor angels die. They are spirit beings. And so behind every temptation, behind every bondage, behind every addiction is a demonic influence. And when a person gives in to temptation repeatedly, a habit or an addiction begins to form, giving the demons more power or influence over the person. People can be set free from demonic oppression of all kinds through prayer and taking authority over the demon's power in the name of Jesus. Now, can a Christian be oppressed or attacked by demons? Well, certainly. Apostle Paul wrote that a messenger from Satan had afflicted him. We are all tempted and temptations come from demons. How can you break free from strongholds or habits of sin in your life? Now, these are not just the obvious addictions of drugs or alcohol, but other ungodly habits such as fear, worry, laziness, overeating, lust, and the list could go on and on. The list of sins can be any sin a person can be addicted to and it become an ungodly habit. God wants us to pray. God wants us to seek God to be set free. Often you'll need the help of other believers to pray for you and walk you through the steps to complete freedom in Christ. Now, one resource we have at Life Church is our Living Free group that meets on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. and is led by Mike Wallace. You can find more information about that in our bulletin and on our website. Now, if you are walking in freedom today, God wants to use you and he wants to use our church to set others free. I believe our nation is in a deeping demonic bondage, but God is going to bring revival and freedom. And I believe we will have many opportunities to set people free from bondage in the near future as we seek God for the opportunity. Not only does God set people free from demons, he sets people free from sickness. Mark 5, verse 25. There was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and spent all that she had, all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. And so this next story we're going to be looking at is of Jesus setting a person free. And it's a woman who had a continual flow of blood for 12 years. This condition caused her great pain, it caused her great suffering, and it made her ceremonially unclean. She had to stay away from other people just as the lepers did, crying out, unclean, unclean. She'd sought help from the doctors of the day, but they had caused her even greater suffering. 
The expense of her medical treatment had exhausted all her finances, and on top of it all, she was growing worse. A very sad story so far. There didn't seem to be any hope for this poor woman at all. But this woman had heard reports of Jesus healing other people and setting people free. And so she began to think about that and to believe that perhaps Jesus could heal her as well. And so the woman came to the crowd that surrounded Jesus everywhere that he went. And rather than stay away from the others as she was supposed to do, because she was unclean, she pressed through the crowd to get near to Jesus. Somehow God, by his Spirit, had spoken to her and giving her, given her the thought. It says in verse 28, she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And that's what she did. And it says, And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And so as she touched Jesus' robe, she sensed something powerful had happened in her body. She felt the bleeding had stopped. She knew, without a doubt, she'd been healed of her sickness. The woman had gotten close to Jesus and in faith reached out to touch him. And when she did, the healing power of God came from Jesus and set her free from her sickness. Verse 30, And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And so Jesus sensed that the power of God had touched and healed someone and asked the surrounding crowd who touched his clothes. Now the disciples didn't understand what he was asking. The crowd was pressing in on Jesus on all sides, and physically, many people were touching his garments. And so it's important to recognize that this woman was not just healed because she physically touched Jesus. She was healed because of the faith she had behind that physical touch. Now, I believe Jesus knew who had touched him in faith, but he wanted her to come forward and acknowledge her healing. And that's what she did. She, she came forward out of the crowd, told Jesus the story, and those surrounding him exactly what happened. Verse 34, And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And so Jesus confirmed to her that her faith in him was the avenue that released the power of God into her life. Her faith set her free from this long-term sickness. Now in the Greek language, Jesus said, your faith has not made you well, but has saved you. The word is sozo. The woman was saved by putting her trust in Jesus and healed at the same time. She'd been set free from sickness. Now, what can we learn from this story about how to be set free from sickness? Let's think back over this story for a minute. This woman had been sick for 12 years. She was out of money. She was getting worse, but she didn't give up hope. She'd heard that Jesus was able to heal people to set them free from sickness, and she believed that if she could get near to Jesus, if she could reach out and touch him, she would be healed, and she was. And so if you're suffering from a sickness, Follow the example of this woman. Her story is in the Bible to give you hope. If Jesus could heal her, Jesus can heal you as well. Believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Have faith. Reach out and touch him through prayer. Prayer on your own. Prayer with others. Prayer in anointing with oil from the church leaders. Confess any known sin in your life. Sin will keep you from getting close to Jesus. 
Now, the crowd surrounding Jesus represents many things in life that could keep you from getting close to Jesus. Keep pushing through the crowd, pushing through any doubt, pushing through any fear until you're so close to him that you feel you could reach out and touch him. Many times you may need to pray and be prayed for over a season of time. Now, do you think that this woman in this story prayed for healing during those 12 long years of suffering? Well, I do. Certainly she did. And as she persisted, finally God opened for her an opportunity to touch Jesus and experience the power of healing. After every service at Life Church, on Sunday mornings, I and my wife Carol and the announcer are available for prayer, as are many others in the church. You just need to ask us. Maybe we're talking or praying with someone else. Just wait. We won't leave until everyone who desires prayer or counsel has been blessed. Not only should we believe that God is able and that God desires to set us free from sickness, he also wants to use us to bring healing to others. The same power that went out from Jesus to heal the woman is in every believer through the Holy Spirit to bring healing to others. Ask God for opportunities to be able to pray for others for healing and believe that he will set them free from sickness. Do you have any friends who are battling some serious sickness? Invite them to church. We'll pray for them after the service and believe God to heal. God also desires for you to be set free from fear of death. Let's look at verse 22. Mark chapter 5. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, that is Jesus, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. I'd encourage you to read the entire fifth chapter of Mark this week to better understand these remarkable three stories of Jesus setting people free. Now this next story we're going to be talking about is intertwined with the story of the woman being healed. Now in this story, a synagogue ruler, Jairus, came to Jesus asking him to come and heal his young daughter. She was so sick that death seemed imminent. Jairus asked Jesus to come to the house and lay his hands on her to bring healing. Undoubtedly, Jesus often laid hands on people as he brought God's healing power. And just at this point in the story, the whole incident with the woman with the issue of blood took place. Jesus appears to be distracted by this woman who needs healing, and after she receives her healing, Jesus continues to talk to her further. Now you can imagine what is going through Jairus' mind. Time is of the essence. My daughter is lying dying. And yet, Jesus, you're, you're wasting time with a much less urgent case of sickness with this woman. And finally, Jairus' worst fears were realized. It said, while he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear only believe. And so word came that Jairus' daughter had died. The messengers indicated that Jairus should just come home to mourn. Nothing more could be done. But Jesus spoke to this synagogue ruler and said, Do not fear, only believe. Now we saw a similar instruction from Jesus last Sunday as he spoke to the disciples concerning their fear over the storm. And so this was a very important lesson for Jairus and again for us today. Fear and faith don't mix. 
And so Jesus commanded the ruler to do two things. First of all, Jesus told him to stop being afraid. Now, Jesus never commands someone to do something they can't do with his help. You can stop being afraid of anything if you obey Jesus. Secondly, Jesus commands him to just believe. Again, you can choose to believe and have faith in the power of Jesus. So many people think they can't stop being worried or fearful. Yes, you can. Just obey Jesus. Don't be afraid. Many people think they can't believe or they have no faith. Yes, you can. Make a decision to obey Jesus and believe. And I I think that Jairus stopped fearing. He obeyed Jesus and he's put his faith in him. He brought Jesus and the disciples to his home where his dead daughter lay. Now, by the time Jesus got there, mourners were already wailing over her sad death. She was only 12 years old. But Jesus told them the girl was not dead, but only sleeping. The crowd laughed at him. They had no faith at all. And Jesus put them out of the room where he was with the body. Verse 41, he says, Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means, Little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And so Jesus took the girl by the hand and commanded her to arise. Oftentimes, miracles, healings take place by physical touch in the ministry of Jesus and ministry today. The girl's spirit returned. She got up and began to walk around. She'd been raised from the dead and everyone was amazed. Jesus has the power to raise the dead and to set us free from the fear of death. Now, you say, well, that was Jesus. What about us? And was Jesus the only one who could raise people from the dead? No. The Bible shows that although the raising of the dead is a very special miracle, there are other people who did it. Some of the Old Testament prophets, Elijah and Elisha, raised people from the dead. Jesus commanded his disciples to heal the sick, cast out demons, and raise the dead. As we read through the book of Acts, we see the dead being raised by both Peter and Paul. However, even in the Bible, this is a very rare miracle. And so though it's possible for God to raise the dead today, certainly not something we should expect to see regularly. Five years ago, for those in St. Louis, we had the story of John Smith and St. Charles, who had drowned, been without breathing or a heartbeat for 45 minutes, came back to life as his mother prayed for him. And more importantly, the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead, never to die again, gives us hope for eternal life. Now, those who are raised from the dead physically, like this girl, are all going to die again. But when Jesus returns, every believer will be raised from the dead and receive their eternal body or glorified body suitable for eternal life. And because we have that hope, we can have no fear of death. Death is simply the doorway into the presence of God and eternity with Jesus. And so unless Jesus returns in our lifetime, all of us will eventually die physically. But those who are believers in Jesus will have eternal life and a glorified body when Jesus returns. And therefore, we can go through life with no fear of anything other than the fear of the Lord. He will guide us through this life and into his presence in eternity. Jesus sets us free from the fear of death. 
Now our nation is, is suffering from the very things that Jesus came to set us free from. Our nation is in increased bondage to demonic forces that are leading people to destruction, further and further from the image of God. But Jesus can set people free. America needs to be set free from sickness of all kinds, especially the modern-day plague of COVID. Jesus still heals those who put their trust in him. And finally, the United States needs to be set free from the fear of death and all anxiety. Jesus can bring hope and eternal life as believers pray and seek God for revival. The outcome of, of the election this week will tell us if America is turning towards God's freedom or descending further into bondage. Pray hard the next few days and vote according to biblical values. We have a download on our website, a voter guide that will help you discern the important issues at stake in the election. Continue to pray and believe after the election as our nation will go through a time of great shaking. Don't be afraid. Just believe. God is on the throne and his kingdom will prevail. Now this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to repent, to become a believer, a follower of Jesus. If you've never committed your life to him, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray with me and be born again. Or perhaps you made a commitment in the past, but you've wandered away and you want to recommit your life to Jesus Christ. To do that, you need to first of all admit that you've sinned, turn away from that sin and repent. Secondly, believe that Jesus died on the cross to forgive you and rose from the dead and commit your life to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So I'd like to encourage you now to pray along with me. Say something like this. Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I repent. I turn away from that sin. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross that I might be forgiven. And I believe that you rose from the dead. I invite you into my life. I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for these stories of Jesus in action that show us your power and build our faith. We ask that you set each one of us free from every kind of demonic bondage. Forgive us for not seeking the freedom that you have for us. Set each person who's listening free from sickness. We believe that you still have the power to heal every sickness. Deliver us from all worry and fear, including the fear of death. We thank you for eternal life. We have nothing to fear in this life except you. We pray for our nation and the election coming up this week. God, we pray that you'd move by your spirit and give us four more years of grace. Grace to establish biblical values and policies at the highest levels of our government. We ask for your protection from the chaos that's going to accompany the election. And in the shaking that is coming, that you're allowing, we ask for you to open people's hearts to the gospel. Bring a great revival to our nation and to St. Louis, we pray. May our church, Life Church, be an important part of this end-time revival here in St. Louis. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you made a commitment to Jesus Christ or would like more information, I'd encourage you to connect with us via the link below this video. We'll pray for you, offer you some helpful materials. You can find out more information on our website, lifechurchstlouis.org. 
Our Sunday morning services are now open at 10 a.m. at 15036 Clayton Road in Chesterfield. You're invited to attend if you live in the St. Louis area. Online donations to help us reach more people for Jesus are available at lcstl.org slash give. And next Sunday, we're going to continue our message series, Jesus in Action, from the book of Mark with the message, Opening Blind Eyes. I invite you to join us then. God bless and have a great week.